True Crime friends, welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. First of all, I hope you are all having a wonderful week so far. If not, yeah, I'm with you because I haven't been okay since Friday, Friday morning, before the extremely sexist and right-wing Supreme Court decided that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I can't even begin (laughs) to discuss how furiated I am about this. I mean, it's, it's disgusting and it's, you know, this country just keeps proving that, uh, you know, if you're a white man, you'll be fine. But, you know, if you're a woman, gay, queer, trans, whatever, go fuck yourselves, right? That's how it feels. And... For those of you who don't know, I actually, I grew up Catholic, so, like, being anti-abortion was always in the rhetoric and always something that I had heard about, and I never really questioned it much. Um, I even went to, like, a pro-life rally in high school to get, like, service hours or something, and, you know, it was just, it was weird. I remember being there and being like, I feel like I don't belong here, because as I got older, and, you know, I mean, I went to Catholic school. K through 12. So I really was able to fully learn about the religion that, you know, I had been practicing since birth. Um, but it also gives you, it also gave me personally the tools <laughs> to figure out what I did and didn't agree with. I consider myself to be a retired Catholic. Um, I don't practice, I don't go to church because One of the things that I had learned having grown up Catholic and being in Catholic school and around the institution of Catholicism, I realized that like most institutions, the institution of the Catholic Church is also very corrupt. And why would I want to listen to anything that they had to say when they're supposed to be telling me what God wants, what Jesus wants from me, but yet they can't even do that. And I always hated it. It It's just always, to me, felt so hypocritical. (laughs) And that's why I no longer practice. But back to what happened on Friday. I just, again, like, I can't stand (laughs) this decision to take away rights from women. I'm just, I'm not okay with it. We've worked way too fucking hard to get here. And now this. And... I, I'm pissed at both sides. I mean, the Republican Party has not been quiet about wanting this and wanting to have essentially a Christian theocracy. But the Democrats, even though they pretend or say that they don't want these things and that they want women to have rights and control over their own bodies and health care and this and that, they never took the chance to actually codify Roe v. Wade. So, and I'm not trying to point the blame here, but had that been codified, we wouldn't have had this problem. But (laughs) we also wouldn't have gotten into this problem if it weren't for 
these individuals who think that they are so devout, so holier than thou, that they are so blinded that they can't even see their own fallacies (laughs) and their own discrepancies. So before we get into today's case, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what happened because obviously I am pissed and I just want to get it kind of like into the little nitty gritty, like I said, before we get into today's case. One of my big problems with these individuals is, you know, thinking that they're holier than thou and that, you know, to some degree they're infallible and blah, 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 but they don't actually really read the Bible. I mean, if they do, they cherry pick the things they want to listen to and not actually the full thing. So real quick, just wanted to give everybody a Bible lesson. There is nothing about abortion in the Bible. Literally nothing. Jesus said nothing. The Bible says nothing. There is one instance of a fetus dying, and that is in the book of Exodus, I believe. And It is actually in a discussion of crime and punishment. One of the crimes is if a man strikes a woman or if a woman comes in between a fight between two men and she winds up losing the baby because of being struck by one of the men. In that instance, the, you know, quote unquote murdered fetus is treated like a loss of property. It literally says that the consequence for having hurt the pregnant wife of someone, that husband is to decide how much the person who hit her and caused this miscarriage, whatever the father seems reasonable. That's it. That is it. That is literally the only (laughs) talk of fetal death or miscarriage or anything of that nature. Now, some of you might be like, well, that wasn't a thing. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because for as long as women have been able to get pregnant, we have been figuring out how to not be pregnant. Okay? (laughs) So I don't want to hear that because I'm not buying it. And I don't think it's true. I don't believe it. So don't even at me with that. Also, I would also like to point out that, you know, okay, Obviously, I told you about Exodus. That's the Old Testament. New Testament. Again, Jesus said fucking nothing about this. You know, people, especially Catholics and Christians, always claim that Jesus is second coming and that the New Testament and all this super important. That This was really how God wanted us to be. And it's fucking hilarious because none of them fucking listen to it. If you actually looked at the Bible, you would see that Jesus was pro-woman. Yeah. Because back in those days, believe it or not, women weren't allowed to talk to men. They just weren't allowed. Unless you were being betrothed to someone, you could maybe talk to that person that was courting you. But other than your father or male relatives, you weren't allowed to talk to men. But Jesus didn't give a fuck about that. Jesus went out and he would talk to women despite this uh, social faux pas, if you will. 
because Jesus actually respected women. Jesus actually treated women as human beings and not just property like all of the people in his time did. He just didn't. (laughs) I can go up. There's another example, another even more perfect example. The woman who is about to be stoned (laughs) for committing adultery, for having an affair with a married man. Did Jesus let those Pharisees stone her? Did Jesus go up and criticize her himself? No. He did the opposite and he stood up for her. In fact, he was just like, where the fuck's the dude? Like, if you're going to kill, like, why is she the only one in this situation who has to pay for this? But then also looked around and was like, um, okay, y'all have definitely fucking sinned. So why you think you get to punish and judge someone for their own sins makes no sense. So, again, I mean, these are just examples of how Jesus respected the shit out of women. And then also, uh, let's not forget how he first revealed himself to the women when he resurrected. He didn't go to his dudes. He didn't go to his 12 disciples. No, he went to the women. Again, I can't spell it out more for you that Jesus respected the shit out of women and his coming and treating women the way he did was intentional because he wanted the world and other people to respect women the way that he did. And it's hilarious because if you look at some of the later books in the New Testament after Jesus died, his some of his disciples say the fucking opposite. And it's just, it's mind boggling <laughs> because Jesus led through words and actions and gave his example. And yet you, you still want to hold this part. Of, like it just holding that part true just does not work for me. <laughs> You know, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you believe that he is the son of God and all of that, why the fuck are you listening to these dudes who clearly didn't get the message? Like I said, there are literal examples in the Bible of how Jesus wanted women to be treated and they just wrote the exact opposite. But yet we focus on that and not the examples (laughs) that Jesus set forth. It fucking blows my mind. So the fact that the pro-lifers want to use Catholicism and Christianity as a reason for this when they don't even fully fucking understand their own religion or their own fucking Bible, it really pisses me off. The other thing is, let's get into what pro-life fucking stands for. Pro-life is supposed to respect all life. So if you are pro-life... You are not only anti-abortion, but you should be pro-healthcare. You should also be pro-school lunches. You should also be free college education. You should also be supporting any and all programs that support the poor, that support children, that help children and others who are disadvantaged, if they're not getting a chance at a good life or having life-saving programs and in healthcare, how the fuck are you pro-life? 
But here's the other thing that comes along with pro-life. And, you know, a lot of people push those other issues under the rug and say that those are really social issues. They're not pro-life issues, even though they are, but whatever. Here's another aspect of pro-life. You're also supposed to be anti-death penalty. I will say that again slower for some people who maybe didn't hear me. Pro-life is supposed to be anti-death penalty. Yeah. As a pro-life person, you should not support the death penalty at all because you claim that life is precious. So now, and I don't know why I'm saying you as if it's you guys in the audience. <laughs> Most of you, if you've been here this long, we're, I, I feel like we're on the same page. But anyway, yeah, that is what a pro-life person is supposed to stand for. But they're not. In fact, I would say that the majority of them support the death penalty. So again, you want to tell me that all life is precious, <laughs> but yet you want to decide ultimately who lives and dies? What the fuck? Get out of here. Pro-life really has become anything but pro-life. If anything, it's just pro-birth and pro-controlling women's bodies. That's it. That's, that's really fucking it. Because, like I said, <laughs> pro-life, yeah, some people want to excuse those social issues and say they're just social issues and that, you know, they're, it's finances, it's this, it's that, it's blah, 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 blah. It shouldn't be counting pro-life. Well, guess what? It is, and it should be. Because if you only give a shit <laughs> about someone giving birth or if you only give a shit about a fetus coming to full turn and being born, but then tell it to basically go fuck itself once it's born, how the fuck are you pro-life? I just, I don't understand it and you can't make it make sense because it doesn't make sense. These people are fucking hypocrites. That's, that's really what they are. And it also really pisses me off that there are women who support this, that are so thrilled that, oh, my God, we're taking a stand for life. Oh, my God. The unborn, the unborn, they're so important, the unborn. That is until they're born a minority, they're born gay, they're born trans, they're born women. Once that happens, people stop giving a shit. In the words of George Carlin, which I highly suggest you all go find his his um, stand up from 1996. I can't re I don't know the name of the title and I apologize, but I'm sure you've all seen it floating around on Instagram. But <laughs> in his words, he says, if you're pre-born, you're fine. But if you're pre-K, you're fucked. And sadly, he's not wrong. And again, that was in 1996. It's been 26 years since then. And we're still, and we've gone backwards on this. And all of the problems he lists with the pro-life are still problems today. And it's just like, how in 26 years did we not change? But it's because people are still being fed this bullshit. And I, to some degree, I blame the Catholic and Christian institutions for that. Because they're not doing a good job of explaining to their people what pro-life is. And in fact, anything, it's just become a place for people, white people mainly, who want to exclude people. They want to feel special and exclude everyone else. That's it. 
And they love to do it under the guise of, I'm doing it for the Lord. Doing it for the Lord. I highly doubt the Lord fucking asked you to be an elitist piece of shit. Just saying. And again, back to the women who support this. (laughs) Let me tell you, just because you're the master's favorite dog, that shouldn't make you feel better. It still makes you a fucking dog. You realize that? Being the master's favorite dog doesn't automatically make you human. It still makes you a fucking dog. I'm just saying. So, to the Supreme Court justices who ruled to overturn Roe v. Wade, I would just like to extend a very heart rage felt fuck you. Go fuck yourselves. You just failed a shit ton of people. That should not be okay for you. You should be upset about this, but they're not. Because, again, the Republican Party, again, with the help of Democrats, has been trying to do this. So, and when I say with the help of the Democrats, it's just because Democrats literally haven't done anything to protect it. So, (sighs) again, just to those Supreme Court justices, to the Supreme Court of the United States, go fuck yourselves, all of you. (sighs) Well... That's going to end my rant for today because we need to get into this week's episode. But before we do, real quick, I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is strictly for educational purposes. And as we'll see in today's case, because it has not gone to trial, obviously all people are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law in this United States. Still, thankfully. So I'm going to take a quick break. And then I will come back with today's episode. Hey, true crime friends. You've heard me talk about my amazing friend Mandy before. She makes the best crochet, pre-cut, and custom home decor for reasonable prices. If you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind gift or some new decor to add some new life into your home, look no further. Mandy has got you. I have quite a few items from her, ranging from a crocheted headband to Halloween decor items to my amazing and adorable Coraline ornament. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, I'm like obsessed with Coraline and I just love how Mandy makes it. She's also made me a Coraline doll that sits next to all of my true crime books. To order, just slide in her DMs on Facebook and Instagram at Mandy Made It. That's M-A-N-D-E-E made it on facebook and instagram once again go to mandy made it on facebook and instagram send her a dm and order today without any further ado let's get into it on november 2nd 2021 66 year old nohima graber a spanish teacher at fairfield high school took her usual walk at chautauqua park but she would never return The following day, her family filed a missing persons report, and later that day, her body was discovered in a wooden area in the park underneath a tarp, a wheelbarrow, and some railroad ties. In the following days, police would discover through social media messages that the alleged murders were actually two of her students. Nohima Graver was born on November 10th in Zalapa, Mexico. She had been a flight attendant for 17 years and was one of the first women in Mexico who was trained to fly passenger jets. When she married her husband, Paul, the two decided to move to Fairfield, Iowa in 1992. The couple had two children, a son and a daughter. 
Sadly, the relationship did not last, and the two divorced five years into their marriage, but they remained close. At the age of 50, Nahima had earned an English degree and teaching certificate from Wesleyan University. Her teaching career started at Atumwa High School, and in 2012, she started teaching at Fairfield High School. Nohima was a beloved Spanish teacher. Her students said that she was a sweet, wonderful soul who brought many different cultures together. She held her students to her own standards, and the students admit that while her classes were hard, she was also one of the best teachers because of how much she cared and really wanted to help her students through different struggles that they would have, not just in the classroom, but in life as well. She would often say hello to each student that she passed in the hallway, and one student described her as beautiful on the inside and out. On Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021, Nuhima left Fairfield High School and drove to Chautauqua Park for her usual walk, and CCTV footage confirms that this was around 4 o'clock she arrived at the park. During her walk, allegedly two teens attacked her and pulled her into the nearby woods and beat her to death. 42 minutes later, on the surveillance footage, her car is seen leaving the park followed by a pickup truck. Because she did not return home that evening, the next day her family filed a missing persons report. Police searched the areas that she was known to frequent, including Chautauqua Park. Just hours later, they discovered her body under a tarp, a wheelbarrow, and some railroad ties in a wooded area of the park. The preliminary investigation states that Nohima suffered inflicted trauma to the head. Friends, family, and her students, both former and current, were understandably in shock. No one could understand how this could have happened. They didn't understand how really anyone could have hated Nohima, let alone enough to kill her. Police conducted interviews and... One of them was with someone who was only known as an associate because this person is 16 years old, so they are not going to give out that information because they just don't do that. You know, you got to protect minors and stuff. So, you know. But anyway, this associate offered up social media messages. And one source that I saw said it was Snapchat. But anyway, they said that they had received messages from another 16-year-old, a boy named Jeremy Goodale. And in the messages, Jeremy revealed specific details about Mrs. Graber's disappearance, such as naming another boy named Willard Jaden Miller as being present and involved in the teacher's death, how the two of them stalked Mrs. Graber in order to know her schedule and routines, how they killed her by beating her with a baseball bat, the motive for Mrs. Graber's murder, and their attempts to conceal the body and destroy evidence after the fact. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, and this is why we always say, you know, try to change up your routine, even though routines are technically good for your mental health. Go figure. They say the science behind like a routine and like knowing what you're doing when and things like that helps to relieve decision fatigue. But of course, as we all know, because we love true crime or we are fascinated by true crime, I should say, is that the more normal your schedule is, the easier it is for someone to find and kill you. Now, obviously, I am not victim blaming at all. 
at all, obviously. This is obviously not her fault. What they did was wrong, obviously. But yeah, I mean, they just laid it all out there. They gave that shit up real quick. I mean, I guess they thought they were giving it to someone, well, Jeremy anyway, thought he was giving it this information to someone he could trust, but mm, thankfully not. Thankfully, this person came forward. Another associate actually came forward and stated that they saw both of the boys at Chautauqua Park during the afternoon of November 2nd. So between these two witness statements and the messages that he sent, like they were there. They were definitely, undeniably there. Now, one source that I saw actually stated that a fellow student overheard the second kid, Miller, the one who wasn't sending the messages, that they had overheard him aggressively stating that, you know, he did not like Mrs. Graber and that the day of uh, her disappearance and her ultimately her murder, this person had overheard an argument about Miller wanting to get his grade up in that class. So with that, police were able to obtain a search warrant for both Jeremy Goodale and Willard Miller's homes. They found bloodstained clothing and two baseball bats that were suspected to have been used as murder weapons. Police later interviewed Miller where he confessed to being at Chautauqua Park at the time of Mrs. Graber's death and provided the police evidence like from the murder and the concealment of her body, specifically the wheelbarrow that she was hidden under. Goodale and Miller were both arrested and held on a million-dollar cash bond each. The first hearing took place on November 12th, and it seemed like a normal, from my understanding, it was a normal plea hearing. And, of course, you know, they pleaded not guilty to charges of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. They went back to court on December 23rd, where prosecution revealed more information about Mrs. Graber's case and Mrs. Graber's murder to the public in the courts. But both attorneys for Goodale and Miller requested that their cases be moved to juvenile court. Now, the prosecutor, Chauncey Molding, wrote that it was prudent to try specifically Goodale as an adult because he, in two years, was going to turn 18 And that offers the potential of making him eligible for an early release for taking a life if he's tried as a juvenile. Specifically, he stated, This prosecuting attorney cannot fathom any combination of programming at any Iowa juvenile facility which could appropriately treat or rehabilitate the defendant if educated as a juvenile. And I get, you know, it kind of makes sense. I get that. It's just this is really hard in these cases because... (sighs) The, the age of understanding what you, the gravity of your situation varies, I think, from person to person. And I think most people think at 16, you should know that. And I'm not saying I don't agree. You definitely know right from wrong at 16. However, at 16, I don't know if you can fully conceptualize the gravity and the of the repercussions and of what you did fully. Um, personally, and again, I'm not any professional, but I think at that age, you're still very much about yourself and very selfish. And thinking in a bigger scope than that, I think takes more time to learn. And that's just from having more life experience. But again, like if, if they're found guilty, like they, they killed someone. 
you know? And that's definitely not okay. And not something 16-year-olds just go around doing willy-nilly. So, and with all the planning and everything, I mean, it's, (sighs) it's a fuzzy one. But anyway, in early March, actually of this year, Goodale's attorney filed a request asking that the public be banned from further hearings. But later that month, the judge denied this request. Goodale's trial is scheduled to start on August 23rd, while Miller's trial will start November 1st. As of right now, the motive still not has been revealed to the public, but as these trials occur, I will do my best to keep you all posted, and maybe we will hear something about that. At a memorial service held for the late beloved Spanish teacher, her family spoke, of course, and her son, Christian, specifically read from his mother's personal notebook. He read, We, the teachers, must be a positive role model for our students. And even if the students forget about my Spanish classes, I hope they remember how and why to smile in life and be honest. Obviously, it's very sad when anyone dies, but the loss of this beloved educator, Nohima Graber, really tugs at my heartstrings. You know, because she seemed like one of those teachers who's just really invested in her students' education and takes her job seriously. Not that other teachers aren't, but I mean, we all know that there are teachers out there who are just teaching, who are just teaching is a job to them. And then there are teachers who just exude their love of teaching and genuine care for each student and that they understand what they're learning. So they're not just memorizing and regurgitating facts or processes for a test, you know. I think she genuinely cared and wanted to give her students the best teaching experience that she could possibly give them. And I think it's just heartbreaking that the world has lost her and that future students of Fairfield High School who take Spanish are going to miss out on her. Like I said, it's just sad. But that is all I have for you this week. I hope you all stay safe out there, stay healthy, and ladies and people with uteruses, we got to keep fighting. (sighs) We can take a break now because we need to, you know, we'll take a break if you need to because this shit, just trying to process it is a taking its toll. So, you know, do what you need to do to rest up but we got to continue doing this and until next week guys make sure you follow all of the socials at true crime and academia on instagram and tiktok the ivory tower boiler room at the ivory tower boiler room on instagram and tiktok at the ivory boiler room on twitter and just search the ivory tower boiler room on facebook and you can find us there you can also become a subscriber by going to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber there. Then you'll have access to all of our interviews. You can see the videos of them and you can also get the True Crime and Academia exclusive bonus content where I have a new episode each month. I just started last month. Um, I did the case of John Benet Ramsey. So I'll be doing other hot topic cases like that that I haven't covered on here or don't feel like they fit on here. So, yeah, get yourselves over and do that. But until next week, guys, I'll see you later.
Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime in Academia. Welcome to our summer season. We made it to summer 2022. I am here with Mary DePippi. Hi, Mary. Hello. I'm Andrew Rimby, the executive director. Mary DePippi is our chief contributor. Uh, Nicole Arguello is our marketing assistant. And Kimberly Dallas is our editor. So yay, our interns have positions. Okay. Um, Please, please follow us on social media. We Mary posts so many creative things on her True Crime and Academia. How can they follow True Crime, Mary? At True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok. Okay. And then you can follow the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room and at Ivory Tower Boiler Room on, ready? Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Okay. And you can email us. Um, We love to get pitched some episode ideas. So to do that, if you're a publicist out there, maybe you want to get one of your authors on our show, go to ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. Thank you to our audience, to our listeners. We're really excited because we have a lot going on on our Patreon. So Mary, do you want to maybe update everyone on our Patreon account? Yes. So aside from the content that we've already been giving you, we will also be having extra special episodes Um, specifically for true crime. I will be having an extra bonus episode every month starting in June. (gasps) Yeah. And the only get that if you are a subscriber. Yes. So patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. That's it. Just slash ivory tower boiler room. And we already have a lot of bonus material first. There is a full episode um, with Ursula Klein in our book corners. So you're going to see all of these new special series that are going to pop up in the summer on Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Yes, Mary will do it too on True Crime and Academia. You can listen to a teaser on our podcast, but guess where the whole interview is? On our Patreon. So only a cup, not a cup, but (laughs) a large cup of iced coffee Um, at any of our favorite coffee companies, um, you only have to pay $5 a month. So please join. We will recognize all of you who join. We'll shout you out during the summer. Um, You can see our video interviews too. And if you want to become an ivory tower, $15 a month, three cups of iced coffee uh, member, you actually will get our tote bag, our t-shirt. Um, there's more. There's more. Oh, our mug. Cup. I'm drinking from our mug. <laughs> I should, for everyone who will see this, I'm actually holding it up. It's a very cool mug. So we are so excited for all of you to join us this summer. I love hearing from all of you. I know Mary loves hearing from all of you. Direct mm-hmm. message us. We read them. And yeah, check out our social media because we post so many clips from the shows. And I started to kind of finesse my way around TikTok. So Mary sees mm-hmm. how excited I get when I know how to add music and all these filters. <laughs> so um, on that note, um, please, please join us for our Instagram events this summer. We have a monthly book club. Every month we have our book club and we're going to start having television recaps um, we're going to have another open mic poetry event at Pen and Brush. So stay tuned. I think we might have a Halloween party, but just someone told me that. Okay. A little birdie. A little birdie. Okay. I think we got it all, Mary. So I think so. On that note, let's put a bookmark in this. Yep. Bye, everyone. <laughs>